What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. Man, I got a special guest in here with me today, man. <laughs> Big Rick, man. What's up, man? Man, it's all good. Freeway Wick. Rick. <laughs> yes. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's what's up, man. Dang. Just Thank you for coming, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. You know, um, I, I ain't did many live interviews, you know, since since the pandemic broke out, so. Yeah, yeah, I'll make sure I stay six feet. <laughs> make sure I stay six feet from you. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. We, just, we just, you know, uh, just glad that this thing is starting to die down some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get back to normal. You For know? real, man. It, it, it slowed me down so much, you know. Like, I had my momentum going, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like no more touring, you know, no yeah. more going out in person. and. But, you know, I started to use the internet more, you know. Uh, uh, I started to learn a little bit about Instagram. Yeah. And Facebook and that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like to be out in the streets, you know. Yeah. Like hitting the streets. And yeah, me too, man. This ain't, this this get locked down shit is for the yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah, it ain't cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all, man. Let's, let's bow down and let this stuff be over, man. For Everybody real. do your social distance and wear your mask and. Uh, let's let this thing blow over, man. Yeah. So we get back to normal. Yeah, yeah, man. And you know, we just had that that big snowstorm out here like a week or two I ago. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, man. it was it was crazy. Yeah, Because you, know? yeah. you know, I'm from Texas too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What part? Tyler. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. My mom moved when I was about about four years old. Really? Yeah. So I don't really know much about Tyler. Uh, I probably know more about Dallas than I do Tyler, but yeah. I'm here. You know, I come to Dallas about three, four times a year at least. Oh, uh, okay. So, so I visit a lot. Yeah, that's what's up. I didn't know you from Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Do you still um you still play tennis at all? When you I mean before all this shit, do you only, still only with uh, only with my kids? I got two 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 little ones that. Um, kind of want to be a pro but then i'm like you know what if they don't so what you know mm, uh, yeah how old are they uh eight and ten. Oh, okay but you know i'm giving them all the tools that they need if if they ever want to you know uh they they probably gonna be so good that they'll be able to 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 go to college without even win in college without even wanting to you know like really yeah yeah their, their skills are gonna be at that level you know uh I put a I put a racket in their hand when they was born. So oh, okay, you gonna be like uh, Serena and them daddy. What's his name? Uh, um, I, Mr. I, Williams. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, uh, I was teaching my older kids at the same time. He was teaching Venus and Serena. Really? So, so yeah, we used to run into each other at the tennis tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I, I know what he, he was. He was. He was. He was. He was tight. Was he? Did he play tennis at all, or he just he just knew the game? He got into the game late, man. When, when I met him, he didn't really know anything about tennis. Mm. You know, uh, he, he just taught himself, man. You know, kept kept uh, kept at it, uh, didn't let up. You know, and, and and just made the right moves. You know, made mm. the moves the way he thought that they should be made. Uh, when other people were saying that he was doing things wrong, you know. Um, he showed them all that they were wrong. Yeah, man. Cause I um I remember seeing a uh, a video of I think it was I think it was Venus getting interviewed by a reporter, 
and how he snapped on him for I guess questioning like why was she was so confident and shit. And he was like, man, don't worry about why she's so confident. Leave it yeah, alone. Yeah, I remember that interview too. Yeah, and I, I was I, like, damn, that's what I love. I love yeah, to see that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They trying to take well, take he, the confidence. He instilled in him. You know, he gave him that vision. Mm. You know, and, and vision is one of the things that I believe that uh, people are liking right now is a vision. You know, most people don't have a vision about uh, where they're going, uh, what they should be doing with themselves. Uh, it's it's kind of like, like with me, when, when I was in prison, I, I started to get a vision. Mm. You know, uh, uh, a vision of who I could be and where I wanted to go with my life. And then I started to mold myself into that into that fashion and, and that's pretty much what I think he did with, with with his daughters is he had a vision for them and then he started to mold them into that vision and, and then they started to buy into it you know yeah. Uh, um, and those are the things that we need to be successful you know uh, uh, I mean I- if you see yourself as nothing then that's what it is yeah you know but if you see yourself as as something great and 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 powerful and positive then that's what you're gonna get out of yeah you know what i want to talk to you about that because i i heard on another interview you saying that you started like you thought your way into jail and then you was like you know if i thought my way into jail, i could think myself out of jail absolutely that was part of that vision yeah that was having a, a vision that was negative though yeah you know my vision at one time was wanting to be a crip you know, uh, uh, and that vision led me into, well, well, that got interrupted when I wanted to be, because I was only like 12 years old when I wanted to be a crip. Oh, okay. That got interrupted by a guy who introduced me to tennis. Mm. So then I went from wanting to be a crip into wanting to be an Arthur Ashe. Mm. Um, when I was about 14, 15 maybe 16 one of my cousins took me to a theater and I saw Superfly for the first time and then I wanted to be Superfly uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so so e- even though I it, I didn't react on it immediately what I noticed is that I was harvesting that thought in my mind you know that thought was like deep in the in the, in the heart of my mind like man I saw a black guy man that he took on 10, 15 police, man. And he told him, say, you know, cracker, doing my dirty laundry ain't going to save you. You know, <laughs> don't think because you do my laundry, you're going to be all right. And and I had never seen a, a black man stand up to a white man like that before. You mm. know, I was from Tyler, Texas. You know, we used to go down there every summer. And, and my uncles used to tell young white guys, yes, sir, and no, sir. And, and young white girls, yes, ma'am. You yeah. know, and I'm like, they bowing down to people that's younger than them, but now I see a guy that he's so strong, he talking to white guys with pistols on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he he knocked them down, you know. So now I want to be like him. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I no longer want to – I mean, I love Arthur Ashe, but I don't want to be like Arthur Ashe no more. And 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 what I found out is that when you harvest those thoughts in your mind, they sit there and they wait for the opportunity to spring out. Mm. And so one day, one of my homies who who played football had come back from college, and he called me and he said, "Man, I got the new thing." And when he threw it on the table, I couldn't believe it. 
I said, man, that ain't really cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, not understanding, you know, the law of attraction and, 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 and all of those things, you know. I'm, I'm young, man. Never read a book, you know. Uh, my mom, she went to school, but she, she wasn't uh, uh, one of those scholars who, who, who were able to, you know, my mom say, but used to tell me about when, when they were young. Uh, uh, sometimes they didn't go to school because they had to go pick cotton, mm. you know. So they only went to school part time. So uh, here I am, uh, being raised by somebody that was literally raised by a sharecropper. My grandfather was a sharecropper, you know. So uh, he had twenty four brothers. I mean, twenty four kids because he wanted cotton pickers. Oh damn! Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I just it was know, a business decision, right? It there. was a business decision. Yeah, and, you know, I, I sit back and and uh, you know after uh, after being in prison and studying and, and analyzing, you know, when I went to prison, I couldn't read or write, so I taught myself how to read. And then before I left, I read over three hundred books, and so reading these books made me go back over not only my life but my mom's, my dad, you know. And, and and just start to analyze all the things around me because I want to know how did I get to be who I am? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I think the way I think, you know? Uh, and and all of these things just came, you know, came to mind, man. So when when my boy set that cocaine on the table, you know, that, that, that seed that was in the back of my head, he sprinkled water on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that thing jumped out, you know. And and here I am, naive, you know, not really knowing, you know, what I'm getting into. Uh, I jumped into it, you know. Yeah. Man. And I'm, you know what I hear a lot, a lot of people like was, like, that grew up in like the 70s and 80s, like Superfly was like a big part of their upbringing. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, no, no. He changed the culture of the way we dressed. Yeah. I mean, everybody dressed like Superfly. Really? Know, everybody wanted to have a Cadillac with a big grill in it. Uh, we wanted the 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 a wires and bobes you know uh, uh it, it was in you know I yeah mean, i mean that soundtrack was was crazy you you ever heard the superfly soundtrack no i ain't oh heard. my god who was all on there uh i, I mean uh only one guy produced I, I just it. remember that the, the like they think it was like was it a theme song that dun, 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 that that uh Oh man. Superfly. Yeah, Superfly yeah. was one of them. It was Curtis Mayfield did the soundtrack. Oh, okay. The soundtrack was crazy. Really? Freddie's dead. You know, Freddie's dead. Doom doom. Doom doom doom. Oh That's yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. I know that. Yeah. Uh I mean, man, the the everything about that movie was just crazy. I mean, it was it was definitely uh one of those black exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. But for black people it was like we got a black guy that won, you know. And this is before you know Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, right, and, right. And and you know we really didn't have many many stars in in the black community. And when when you show somebody that you know rose up from from the ground, you know, literally. Um, it just gave you, you know, hope and aspiration, you know, that maybe I can do the same thing. Yeah, man. And I also want to, I also want to talk about your, your genius though. You know what I mean? Cause well, I've been listening to it. Like I'm doing a lot of research on you, you know what I mean? And 
the thing that 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 sparked me that was so dope is how your your mind because i i say i said it on this podcast before like i feel like drug dealers can really run a fortune 500 company easily oh, no question. you know no what i mean no question easily and i'm just like I want to talk to my. Uh, I want to talk to Rick about how he manifested. No, we can start a five hundred company. We can start a company that can become a five hundred company, or uh, we can do like Reginald Lewis did and take one over. You mm. know, uh, um, it, 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 it's it's really the first thing. Is, see, with us as blacks, is that we've been beat down by the system so bad, especially the black male. Mm. You know, we've been hammered by the system, you know, into believing that we're dope dealers. You know, you can't do nothing but sell dope, pimp. Uh, uh, if you're good, you can rap. And if you're real good, you can run a football or play basketball. <laughs> Other than that, y'all done. But me now, I know, I know a doctor that's probably the smartest doctor in the whole world. You know, um, Dr. Leslie Ray Matthews, he been telling everybody that he could have solved the coronavirus problem and 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 nobody really listened. I've helped 10 people get out of intensive care from coronavirus, from the coronavirus. Yes. The doctors didn't know what to do. And I, I get on the phone with him. I say, hey, tell your doctor to check your vitamin D level. And they check their vitamin D level. Oh, my vitamin D level is depleted. OK, tell them to give you an infusion, a high dose of vitamin D3 and zinc. Two days later, she out the hospital. That's my niece, Austin, Texas. Wow. She, she'll tell you that. I had another friend, whole family, everybody in the family was sick. I said, man, you ain't heard me talking about vitamin D on on the, on, on my podcast and everywhere that I go. He was like, yeah, but we didn't do it. I said, man, I'm bringing you some vitamin D over. To, I took vitamin D, put it in the house. A couple of days later, the whole family well. Really? Yeah. Dang. I have about 50 people in my circle that I function with. All on vitamin D. None of them caught it. Really? What kind of vitamin D? What kind of, what kind of vitamin D3? Vitamin D3. You can just get it over the counter? You can get it from Walmart. But you want to get at least 10,000 milligrams. You, you don't want to get 200 milligrams, 300 milligrams. That's not really nothing. You get the 10,000 milligrams. You can get it from Amazon, Walmart. Uh, uh, Walmart, uh, Amazon won't even sell it to us no more because we don't bought too much of it because <laughs> I just buy it and give it to people. Really? Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that we as a people have been beat down to where we don't believe that we're as good as everybody else. And, 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 and I know everybody will probably say, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's not what you say, it's your actions that mean what it is. You know, if your actions show that you're giving up, then you can say, well, I ain't gave up. But that don't mean that. That's just talk. Right. You know, and talk is cheap. It's the actions at the end of the day that's going to tell who you are, what you stand for, and where you're trying to go in life. And, and, and I believe that... Uh, our actions have shown to me that that and even, even my brothers, you know, I got home and, and uh, my family was in bad shape, you know, 
and they were in bad shape. My mom was losing her house. Did you see my documentary? I did. You see, they put my put us out of her house. Yeah. I got home and I started trying to fight. My brothers are living there, and I'm like, "Y'all living here? They gonna put y'all ass out? <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. Y'all ain't trying to do nothing <laughs> to pay the bills. Yeah. And they was like, "Oh man, I can't get no job. Ain't nobody gonna hire me. No, they ain't gonna hire you because you ain't got no skills. Right. And you don't have no motivation." You know, like with me, I don't, I don't ask for no job. I just go in there and go to work. Mm. They look up, I'm washing the windows and, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. sweeping the floor and yeah. cleaning the toilets. And, and they're going to be like, who the hell is this? Right. What you doing here? I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to get no check. I didn't come here for no check. Right. You know, first thing I tell people when I'm in, oh, I don't work for money. I don't work for money. Mm. Yeah. You know, I work for the game. Yeah. And if you work for the game, you know, you're running back, you're going in the field, and, and, and you might not get drafted, but you start breaking them yards, you start breaking them 30-yard runs and 40-yard runs, they're going to be like, man, we're trying to hold on to you. Somebody's going to find you a Somebody check. Somebody's going to find you a check. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's the way we have to deal with it. We we can't just sit around and – and uh, but that's the way the society has, has, has taught, though, you know. Like uh, when I was in prison, you know, I read articles of, of – of, I read this article one time. They say this lady was sick, and she went to the hospital. She got in the hospital, and uh, the doctor came out, and they say, uh, what kind of insurance she got? Oh, she ain't got no insurance. She got Medicare? No, she ain't got no Medicare. She got some money? No, she ain't got no money. She got credit cards? She ain't got no credit cards. They all talked, turned around and walked away and left the lady there. The lady died inside the hospital on something that was preventable. So what that told me is that the doctors weren't really there to save people. They were just there to make some money. money right. You know, and, and I believe that our goal should be to help people to make the world a little better because we lived here. Yeah. Man, that's some game right there, man. That's some, that's some gems right there. I mean, you if, you start, if you start working toward that, toward those goals, you know, to be the best at what you're doing – Somebody gonna pay you. Somebody gonna find some money for they you. They gonna find some money for you. Yeah, it may not be what you deserve right off the bat, you know, because a lot of people go, you know, it's 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 guys that go in the NBA and and they start them off and they get that little bitty salary, but they go to lighten that thing up, and 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 they can't pay them enough. Like even with Steph Curry, remember when he was coming out of out of college, everybody would say he wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. So I don't believe that he went as high as he should have went in the draft, you know. Or he was getting the kind of money he should have got at first, but now he's getting all that money that that he deserves. Yeah. You know they're paying him now. Yeah. So you know sometimes it don't come you know just when you want it to come. You know it, it comes later on during life. You know, and and you know those are some some of my strategies, man. You know I believe that the workers supposed to eat first. You know I'll never eat before my my guys, even if they don't put in the kind of work I put in. You know let them get the reward. You know, because we got to try to motivate them to do better. Yeah, yeah, and I seen it on your um on your documentary where I think it was your ex girlfriend at the time, where she was just like Rick was just trying to just give people the game and let. She yeah, was like they were some that. marks or something. <laughs> she was like they were some busters. Like <laughs> yes, that's what she yeah. said. <laughs> I was like. Man, you got to She gotta, was a gangster, though. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, could tell. She was a real gangster. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she yeah, a she real one. Play. Yeah, no, she yeah. didn't play. She didn't play. Yeah. 
But man, that that's that's dope. What you was talking about, like don't work for money, work for the game. Because I here's my thought, right? I feel like people can manifest anything that they want. You know what I mean? One, you gotta want it bad enough, and you gotta know like where you're trying to get to. Right. And then once 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 you just align yourself with those thoughts or those feelings, the rest of the world is gonna move out the way. In order for you to get to what you where you're trying to get to go, absolutely. Our mind, our mind is so strong and so powerful. Like the best scientists in the world can't tell us how our mind works. You know, they can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, like I, I was reading. I, I read so I read over 300 books mm-hmm. before I left prison. I went to prison illiterate, and when I came out, I read over 300 books. That's why I feel like right now, it ain't many people on this planet that can mess with me. And what I do. Yeah. You know, now there's guys that might know computers and they could type on the computer better to be, oh, you got me there. But when it comes down to doing what I do, I'm bad. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people are getting ready to see it, you know, because I, I feel that, that it's important for me to be successful now because there's a lot of young black guys out there like me going down the same path that I'm going down or went down. And they probably feel the same way that I felt that all I could be was a dope dealer. So I want to show them that those same skills can be used in any uh, uh, venture that you go into, you know. And, and that's what I've been trying to do. And and it's been it's been working out to the, to the level that 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 I know that it's gonna gonna go to. But um, you know, I'm just gonna keep pushing. Another point I was gonna make to you is about our mind. I read a book on the mind one time, right? And this guy was saying that your mind is so powerful that it can tell you to see, taste, hear, smell, break down your food, tell all your hair on your body to grow at just the right times. And he was saying that if your mind can do all that, you don't think that it could get you some money? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, a little simple task of getting, getting some money. Yeah. You know. And, but a lot of times what, what we do as people is, is is we clog it, you know, like a radio station that's on one channel and, and, and you can't really understand what neither yeah, channel yeah. is saying. It's on in the middle of two channels and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and one, you know, like, and, and what we have to do is we have to focus. Mm. We have to get our focus on what it is that we want to accomplish. Uh, you know, I got I got a couple guys that work with me, and I I tell them all the time. I'll be like, man, you don't really want no money. I say, well, see, because what you want, you always get. He like to smoke weed. He keep him some weed every day. I say, man, how do you smoke fifty hundred dollars worth of weed every single day with no money? But that's their focus. Right. That's really what they want to do, and and we have a tendency a tendencies to uh, accomplish the goals that we really want. And like I was saying earlier, it's not what you say you want. It's what you harvest deep down inside you is what you really want. Yeah. Man. I, I, I feel that wholeheartedly because, man, with this with this podcast, like, I feel like I got I got I got vision of where I want to take it, what I want to do with it. You know what I mean? You got to. If you don't have a vision, you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You stuck. Yeah, you know, if if you didn't have a vision of what you have right here, right now, I don't know where the vision came from, where you got it from, but you, 
you had to map this out. Yeah. You had to draw this. This is a <laughs> blueprint. I don't know if you did it on paper, if you did it in your head or what, but this all took some planning to do. You you had to sit down and make this plan. Yeah. And you know what? It was It's so crazy that I, I heard an interview that Nip did about how he got to where he got to. And it was like he wrote all his plans down, A to Z of what he wanted to do. And I, I just took the same steps. Yeah. Like, A to Z, what I want this to go, my short-term goals, my long-term goals, who are the top three people I want to interview. Like, I wrote it all down and just start knocking it off the list one by one, one by one. You know what I mean? And they coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. They coming. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read one of the best articles that was ever written on me. Which one? L.A. Magazine. Was that the one by the uh, the dude who who was doing it? Um, he was doing it while you was in jail. He was writing an article. He wrote it when I was in What's jail. What's his name? Cash or something? Jesse Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You read that article? No, I seen it on the um on on the documentary. Well, yeah, he was in our documentary. Yeah. And you you seen the documentary in the beginning of the documentary? I know a lot of people miss it. He's playing the tapes. From me and him talking when I was in prison. Mm. From the article. Those tapes are from the article because he they let him bring in a recorder. So he's recording our conversation. Mm. And in the conversation, he's saying, So you telling me that uh blacks need a hero that's in prison with a life sentence. Cause I'm telling him, I'm gonna be getting out, I'm gonna be going around the country speaking to people. You know? <laughs> uh uh I'm gonna be doing boxing. As a matter of fact, I just won my first uh, belt. Oh, that's what's last up, man! Year from Congrats. boxing, Nafia Charles. Uh, uh, what's his name? Nafia Charles. Nafia Charles. Yeah, okay, he's my first fighter to win, win his first belt. Twenty years old, out of Philadelphia. Shout out to him. That's what's up. Also, I got another boxer because I tell him in that article I'm gonna be doing boxing. Mm. And this is before Floyd Mayweather picked me up from the halfway house. I didn't know that. I was gonna be meeting Floyd Mayweather, who, who was the greatest maybe boxer of all time, you know. And and I didn't even know who Floyd Mayweather was because I didn't watch TV. Mm. You know, when 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 I started on my journey and I found that I needed to be focused, I cut TV out. Mm. I cut the radio out. I stopped playing card games. Um, everything was just serious. You know, my 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 number one goal first became to get out of prison, and then. Uh, I decided that not only do I need to be trying to get out of prison, but I also should be building up a, a chest of of of, of ammunition. Mm. And, and ammunition at that time mean some money, some oh, capital, okay. Oh, okay. some capital. <laughs> yeah. You know, whenever you know, whenever anybody get ready to go to war, the first thing they do is they build up their chest. You know, mm. they, they they war chest. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're gonna need. We're going to need stuff. Yeah, we're going to need some resources. So, so we're yeah. going to need some resources. So yeah. so you need to build up your money. So I started working on my case in the law library, you know, through the court system. But I also started to do things that was going to build a chest up. You know, what was going to make uh, 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 my my uh, journey easier, you know, with money. You know, with money. you're going to need money to hire a lawyer because he ain't coming down there. For free. On this, for free. <laughs> yeah, you need yeah. investigators. You know, just all the different things that you was going to need. So uh, uh, <clears throat> when I started, I just started to, to, to put all of those things in place. And when Jesse comes to do this article, I'm telling him about my blueprint. You know, what's going to happen? You know, 
Like, man, I'm going to be doing boxing. Like, I just signed one of the coldest kids in boxing. I mean, the kid could have went with Al Heyman. He could have went with Bob Aaron. And the kid, daddy chose me uh, for one reason. What's that? I was on Vlad TV, and I told Vlad, I said, man, I'm going to help a boxer make more money than Floyd Mayweather. And the dad heard me say that. Mm. And one of my one of my guys was over in Mexico with one of our fighters, and he saw the kid fighting. He's like, he called me. He said, Unc. He said, man, this kid is bad. His name is Kid Austin. Mm. You got to check the kid out. Kid Austin. Kid Austin. Okay. Now, I fear a bad dude, too. Okay. You know, I'm lucky to have not fear, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've, been, I've been chasing boxing for about, about three or four years. You know, I, I, I tried to work with J-Rock Williams, um, uh, Austin Trout, uh, Scooter, who just won. Scooter won a, a world title about about a month ago on, on, on Showtime. You know, mm. I worked with him a little bit. So so I'm, I'm, I'm working, and I ain't getting no money. You, you, I ain't you already no said. Money out of it. You, you already you know said. What I'm saying I'm spending money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm paying my own flights, feed myself, hotels, yeah. rental cars. <laughs> I'm doing all this on my own because I know the game, mm. you know. And and then you know people people say, man, don't be saying you're gonna be bigger than Al Heyman. I said, why not? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gonna get mad because I say that. Yeah. And if he do, so what? Right. You, know, you can't blackball me. Right. You know, I can't be blackballed. Only person can blackball me is me. I'm the only one can shut myself out. Man, that's dope, man. So in that article, I also talked about the book. I talked about the documentary. You know, my documentary stayed on Netflix for a year and a half on the front <laughs> page of Netflix. Can you imagine how many people saw that joint? Yeah. Right now, I got the number two documentary on Netflix with uh, another documentary I just did called Crack. Uh, um, and, and, you know, during the time that I was there, I started reading books on marketing. Mm. So when people see me, they they, they, they may think that um, these interviews and stuff is just luck. You know, like, oh, they just wanted to talk. No, 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 no. I study marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I read over 15 books on marketing, guerrilla marketing, internet marketing. You know, when when uh when I went to meet Gary Vee, and they told me they had the interview set up. The first thing I did is bought his books. I bought two of his books and started reading. I want to know about Gary Vee mm-hmm. more than what I knew. I knew you know a little bit from watching him over the internet, but I wanted to get more deeply into him. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and when I went to see him, you know, I had to tell him I had to go. You know, he didn't want me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get back over there. Hey, I can't get back in. But when I was there, he didn't want me to go. Really? Yeah, he wanted to keep me there. You know, he wanted to continue to talk. But I see his people keep coming in going, Yeah, yeah. You got meetings, man. You got, yeah. I don't want him to miss no money. You know, yeah, I, don't want yeah. no, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna step on nobody's toes when they getting their bread. But uh um And you got two books out too, right? The Twenty One Keys of Success. And and what's the other one? The the Untold Autobiography. Fury Rick Ross Untold Autobiography. Okay. Twenty One Keys is selling like crazy, and it's selling better than the other one. But uh, uh, they slipping on the other one because a lot of people don't understand that it's really a business book. Mm-hmm. You know the Twenty One Keys. It says it right out. You know Twenty One Keys to Success. So you know you. Oh man, he's giving up some some principles. But in my in my in my autobiography, 
if if people look and 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 open their mind what what I tried to do in there is show you my mindset of what it took me to uh, uh become a drug dealer that starts with $125 and eventually have days that I make $3 million in one day. You know, uh, <clears throat> that takes a lot to do something like that. And when, when I did it, I, I was like, oh, anybody can do that. You know, any, anybody can take $125 in, in cocaine and, and, and turn it into $3 million a day. All you got to do is, is follow these steps. <laughs> <laughs> I, can tell you now, I can tell you now, no, everybody can't. Well, you know, most people are not going to follow the steps. Right. You know, you can give them a, a, a cake mix and it needs like four <laughs> ingredients in, and they're not going to put all the ingredients in there. Yeah. You know, they're going to find a way to, to, to argue with the, with the, uh, with the baker. You know, <laughs> I ain't going to argue with the baker. You know, the baker say add this. That's what I'm adding, man. Yeah. You know, uh, and then, you know, while I was there, uh, I, I got to tell you about my, my, my three favorite books, you know. I, I read three books that really, like, totally changed my life and uh, changed the way I, 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 I can't say totally changed it because I had some, I was doing some things right. Yeah. <laughs> when I sold dope, I was doing some things right, you know. Yeah. But uh, I was missing on some areas, mm. you know. I was some areas that I wasn't as good in as I am now. And uh, those three books, uh, Richest Man in Babylon, you know, and, and that one of the main things he taught me is that uh, don't go to the brick maker, you know, if you want to uh, 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 bake a cake, you know, uh, and, 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 and that showed me one of my biggest mistakes that I made. I went to a drug dealer asking him how to make money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to give you some dope. Right. That's what he know. Right. You know, but now I know. If I want to make money, I go to the banker. I go to the banker and ask the banker, man, how do you make money? You know, and that's what I do now. That's why I got all these credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what he told me. Get credit cards. Yeah. Start off with credit cards and then get a loan, you know. Um, so so I'm doing that now. And, and, and man, I've just been having fun, man. Yeah. And, and, and uh and go to the weed man too. The weed man is yeah. The weed man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you got your own strand now, right? I got I got my own strand. I got two brands. The uh, L A. What is it called? L A. Kingpin. L A. Kingpin. And Freeway. Okay, they two different strands. Freeway and L A. Kingpin. Well, you know, I, when you say strands, strands is is different from a brand because a oh, brand okay. can have a bunch of different strands. A bunch of different strands. Gotcha. So so L A. Kingpin. I think I got like five strands on LA Kingpin and Freeway we got two strains but the the, the 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 thing about Freeway is that I'm working with one of the biggest indoor growers maybe in the world mm, okay uh, the Cure Company same people Nipsey was working with really strain. yeah they, they they do they do Nipsey strain too uh, uh, so I'm working with them and that gives me a lot of clout because to be working with you know somebody who is that well known in the cannabis industry my, my reputation in the cannabis industry is not as strong as, as it will be you know I've been I've been doing cannabis now about seven years that long? yeah I've been in it a while. <laughs> I started on the black market oh okay okay I got you <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's how I got on the legal market. I started oh. on the black market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Proof of concept. That's what it was. Man, I got, man, I got off parole. Man, I was struggling still. After, after, after we got put out, mom's house. Mm-hmm. 
I was struggling, man. We was homeless for a couple months, really. Technically, not not homeless, homeless, but technically homeless. Because I, I, I believe you're homeless if your partner manages some apartment buildings. And he said, man, it's a vacant apartment over here. Yeah. Y'all can stay in here. Yeah. You homeless. Yeah. You know, because any time that they want to, they can put you out. You don't have no contract. You know what I'm saying? You ain't paying no rent. Right. So you you homeless. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, I stayed, you know, I was able to stay there for for about a year and and uh, <clears throat> to get myself together a little bit, you know, uh, uh that's when I started doing the T-shirts. You know, the T-shirts allowed me to to move into an apartment uh, of my own that I had a contract and everything. But with that, I was struggling, man. It was like rough, man. And um, I went from there to one of my partners came by one day and he was like, "Man, they having the cannabis cup up in San Bernardino. You ought to go with me." And uh, I went, man, and that changed my life forever. Yeah, yeah, man. I remember when you came home too, cause I was in L.A. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I'm originally from L.A. Okay. Yeah, okay. born and raised there. Um, I remember this is where I seen you at. Um, Jamie Foxx used to do some some like R and B night. Foxhole. The Foxhole. Yeah. Yes, yes. They used to do a thing downtown at this little I think like conga room or something. And I remember you came there. It, it, it was like. It, I don't know how soon or how after, how long after. I should go there all the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you when you came, Mark Curry was uh, hosting. He was like, Rick Ross in the building. You had just came home. Yep, I haven't been home that long. Yeah. I, I think that was might have been my first year. Yeah, it was It was like, I want to say maybe a week or a month. Might have been during the time I was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably just selling T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, it was it was some business. The reason I was there, yeah. I was not there to have fun. I did not want to be entertained. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Mark, my man, I like his jokes, but I was not there to hear his <laughs> jokes. Was there to get some money. I was there to get some money. You know, I, I, I was trying to get Jamie Foxx on board um, for the movie. Mm. Uh, we we were we were in negotiations, uh, but nothing ever took place. But yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they shut that thing down. I don't, yeah. I don't know what happened, but they used to have some nice crowds there. Heck yeah. Matter of fact, I met my lawyer at the Congo room. Yeah, really? At the Foxhole, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Foxhole was dope. That was a dope little night. I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday. It was Monday. Yeah. There was nothing to do. Everybody was there. You know, you, you might come there and anybody might be there. Yeah. You know, so. It was definitely uh wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's but, dope, man. Yeah, that's during the time I was grinding, man. I went from the t-shirts to the books, and then from the books to selling marijuana. Man, that's dope, man. Um, <clears throat> and I, I I heard you talk about something called uh it was called social equity. What what yeah, is, what's social yeah. equity? Well, when 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 uh like I said, I start off illegally, uh-huh. and then. They had they had this uh, 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 this thing where they were talking about they finna go recreational in California now. Mm-hmm. When I got home, it was all medical, so everybody had all the medical license. They're not giving out no more medical license for marijuana, and um, so now we hear that they're gonna go recreational. So uh, I knew Herb Wesson, who was the president of LA City Council, so I told my man. Uh, I said, man, I need to get a meeting with Herb. I know Herb. I just got to get in front of him. So uh, 
he he worked it out, got us a meeting. So we go down to Herb, and I'm like, man, Herb, I want one of them licenses, man. And he was like, man, if anybody get a license, you should have one. I said, you talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the city of L.A. had a big meeting. Mm. So they were talking about uh, – the license is getting ready to come out. You know, they finna had a vote and so forth. And uh, I go out to the meeting and, and I run into this lady named Bo Money. Mm. And uh, she used to work with, uh, oh man, you know, the talk show, show host. What's his name? Mattel Williams. Oh, okay. So we talked and, and she told me that, uh, that they were going to be starting a social equity program. And that it was going to be where they were going to be pushing for blacks to get licenses. Because at that time, only like two licensed, two, two licensed marijuana dealers in L.A., only two were black. Really? Yeah, so they were going to be pushing for blacks to, uh, to get in the cannabis industry. So uh, I was like, yeah, I'm with that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> for real? Yeah. Because I know if I'm pushing, I'm going to be one of the ones, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I joined her program. Uh, uh, she put me on her board. And uh, I just started pushing with her, man. We started going all over the L.A. City Council, to every councilman's office, like, y'all need social equity. And I didn't know what social equity was at that time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and, and what I found out is social equity is that the communities who have been dominating these industries, and, and <clears throat> a lot of people don't want to talk about it, racism and slavery and whatnot, but slavery actually put blacks at a disadvantage. A lot of the things that happen, with, with, you know, like right now, uh, th- there's a big thing going on in L.A. about Bruce Beach. Well, Bruce Beach is in Manhattan Beach, and these blacks had established this little section of one of the most valuable lands in California. Yeah, I heard about that. And what happened is the city came in with what they call eminent domain and told them that, they had to sell their property, and they took their property. Uh, I think they got like fourteen thousand dollars out, and this property right now might be worth two, three hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Manhattan Beach, hell yeah. Yeah. So, so what social equity is is that people who have benefited in these sections of business should be sociably willing to give up some equity mm. to people who were disadvantaged by slavery uh when the marijuana thing about the war on drugs you know because the war on drugs deliberately targeted areas where people of color was in and the license couldn't be you know you couldn't do it for black because you know they already ruled out that you can't discriminate uh okay uh, for, for no reason but now if the war on drugs deliberately targeted a certain area, then the people from that area should be able to get licenses because the war on drugs targeted them. And that's how they came up with the social equity. And they also made it where even if you was a convicted felon, you still could get a, 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 license. a license. Yes, like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... Is it where when you the social? The, I just want to make it clear: the social equity thing. Is it a board? Is it a program? Or how do you join it? Like, 
anybody to just join or well Indica Indica is is an organization that fights for social equity oh okay social equity is something that the the city council big businesses are going to have to adhere to mm, you know okay. they have to have in their heart to say you know what we should do some social equity uh, uh, because of all of the things that have happened to this section of people in 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 in, in society. Mm, okay, so it's it's <coughs> it's more of the the companies just saying, "Hey, we'll release some some equity, right?" And then we'll we'll give you some contracts. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, okay. We know. We know that, that these other people got a big jump on you. You know, they, they families are rich, you know, because they might have owned slaves. You know, mm. most of the rich companies in this country own slaves. I mean, if you go back in the history, uh, uh, slavery was, was a game changer. You know, it, it, it gave people free labor. You yeah. know, so you get free labor for 400 years, 300 years. Uh, uh, you're going to be way ahead of the slaves when, when they finally get free. You yeah. Know? They they fighting to 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 catch up, but they're fighting from behind, really. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, how much like around? If you can give me, how much would it take for somebody to get into the marijuana industry now? Because I know a couple of years ago, the first person who I heard was talking about it was the game, where he was like, he's about to get into the cannabis industry, and I was like, this is probably the best time to get into it it varies from from state to state you know say for instance oklahoma who's legal right now Mm -hmm. you can get a license over there for twenty five hundred dollars she california if you were able to win a license you have to pay the city ten thousand oh damn so it's not that expensive but then there's some places you know like florida they wanted you to have 24 million dollars in the bank and the license application was like five hundred thousand dollars so, and, 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 you know, when they do stuff like that, they're doing that to keep, you know, who out, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And ain't nobody got no 500000 and then you still might not win the license, and you don't get your money back. Yeah. So, so when you see stuff like that, you know that they're not with no social equity, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Is the, 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 uh, the cannabis company that's, that's uh, the L.A. Kingpins, is that... Is that a private thing or like could people go on like doing stocks and stuff and like do you know? Well right now you can't do marijuana uh publicly. Oh really? No, not yet. Uh we hoping that Harris and Biden make it federally legal, you know, so now you can put your money in banks. Cause you know, you can't even put your money in banks. We can't take credit cards. How do y'all, y'all just do all cash? Or? Cash money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know they what? say cash is king. I don't mind the cash, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, but right now you can't take credit cards. You can't take debit cards. Um, and, and it makes the business a little tougher. It makes it a little more dangerous, you know, because now you got people keeping a bunch you know, of money, a on, bunch of money yeah. on hand. You know, they can't put it in the bank. Uh, so we're hoping that Biden and Harris uh, – uh, make it federally legal and if they do then i'm i'll, I'll be able to go public oh uh, they might as well i mean they got gambling is legal now at least sports gambling i've seen in some states there they, it's legal where you can gamble on games yeah so i feel like all that is just tied together you know what i mean Absolutely. Yeah. well you know well you know uh now that uh 
that they're able to do more research on marijuana, they're finding out the different things that marijuana is, is medically uh, uh, helpful for, you know. Uh, the other day I did a, a show and they were talking about how marijuana is enabling people to get off the opioids, you know, uh, after all, after they addicted everybody to these opioids, you know, uh, with the with the Vicarins and, and the Percocets and all those different pills that, that everybody started taking, you know, all the young people yeah. started taking and they find out that the marijuana helps to get people off of that. So uh, um, now that, you know, people have the uh, uh, the right to experiment with it, you know, we're probably going to see a lot of more things that uh, marijuana helps with. Man. Okay. Yeah. And I know, I wish they would just make it at least medically um, available in Texas. Like, well, that's how they usually go first medically, yeah. and, then, and then eventually they'll go with the recreational. Um, you know, Texas always last, man. That's a long star state, you know. <laughs> God <laughs> damn, Texas. You know, they was the last <laughs> one to buy the slavery, you know, and, yeah. and so many other things. And, you know, it's a Republican town, man. So, yeah. So the Republicans, they're not, really, uh, they're not really with the marijuana movement. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So... Man, y'all gotta get out there though, man, and put the word out. Let I them know, know y'all want it. Like, man, we surrounded by marijuana states. Yeah, <laughs> for they, real. They drawing all the money out of us. Yeah, because you, know? you know that money will, uh, will go a long ways. You know, with helping, uh, help getting the state out of debt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, but I think with Texas, the the economy is so strong here that they like we don't need no extra business or you know what I mean? Because a lot of companies I know. I think Toyota uh, moved down here. I know Amazon was trying to come here. So the economy, as far as, like, jobs, is strong here. So they probably like, yeah, we don't need that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, here's what I want to ask you. My favorite show is back on. And I don't know if I'm tripping off. I heard you say that Snowfall is about your life. Yeah, they stole, they stole, my, they stole some of my story. Really? Yeah, yeah. John, you know, John was helping us um, with the movie. Before he passed? Before he passed, yeah. Before, this is years before he passed. Mm, okay. And <clears throat> he he was one of the first people to buy one of my first books. Mm. So, um, all of a sudden, he just disappeared. And then next thing I know, he was doing this show called Snowfall. And uh, it really baffled me because I thought me and John was cool. And, and I was like, why would he be doing a movie about an L.A. drug dealer and not consult with me? You mm. know, and he got my phone number. Uh, <coughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, he posted the picture that he, when he bought my book, he posted the picture up. On his on his social media, I didn't know because I used to didn't go on social media until somebody told me. And the post was something like, "Freeway Rick Ross, great story, snowfall coming soon." Damn. And I I like, yeah, that that Hollywood game is is. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. You know they <laughs> they gonna they gonna bite they gonna bite and steal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. But you man. know that that usually happens with people who don't really have um no creativity. 
Mm. You know, when they really can't create. Uh, um, uh, I, I know one time uh, when I was in prison, I had this professor, writing professor from UCLA, that came came down, and uh, me and him were talking about doing some movie stuff, and um, he told me that what he tell his kids at the writing school was uh, when you want to get creative, um, go out to the ghetto, go to a bar, get you a beer, drink a little bit, and open your mind up. And Mm -hmm. creativity will come to you. So basically what he was saying is that you have to live. Mm -hmm. In order for you to be creative, you you have to live. You know, if you never lived, if you just been boxed up in a box then all you know is what's inside of that box in order for you to be creative you have to go out and, and basically see the world you know and experiment and, and enjoy yeah yeah <coughs> man did you um did you check out the uh, undercover hip hop um documentary mm, I don't think so okay I don't I still don't watch much you TV. still don't watch TV at all a little just a little you know uh, um most of the news you know, um, like the, the the one the documentary that's on on Netflix right now. I never watched it. You know, I don't even watch my own documentary. I watched Cracking the System, Cracking the System, uh, one time. Really? Yeah, and and that's because it was like I dreamed of that when I was in prison. So I wanted to see how it came out. You yeah, know, how yeah. my dream came out. How other people were able to bring my my dream to uh, uh, to light. But I, I really don't. I really don't watch TV. Uh, uh, much because it 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 takes away your creativity. You know now you're getting input from other people, mm. which is which is okay sometimes. But you know when you start cramming all of their ideas into your head, then you can't come up with your own your own ideas and your own creativity. And and uh, I really want myself to to create you know i want to be a creator i, I don't want to be a consumer mm, yeah that makes sense it, it well it was a dope documentary i feel like you sh- i and i i could be like you said my my mind is probably so crammed because i be i watch a lot of stuff you know what i mean just just because i want a lot of information right um but it was about um, Deb, uh, the um, she's a manager, a, a music manager in Atlanta. I know Deb. Yeah, and it was about she's Big U. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I heard about that. They asked me to go. Uh, what's her name? Asked me to. Uh, Binky asked me, I think, to go to the to the uh, to the screening with him, but I didn't. I didn't go. Okay, and the reason why, because I was thinking when I was preparing for this interview, I was like, I feel like Rick should have been on here. Cause then you, then you, um, in the beginning, then you give like I think it was Spice One or somebody or the Alcoholics. The Alcoholics, yeah, yeah. You was a part of they, they, they first. I found the Alcoholics. Yeah, and the Alcoholics, they got that. What's the song they got? The um, the licks, baby, the licks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Alcoholics is is a group that build loud records. They built it. What yeah. you mean? They were the first go go artists to come off of loud records. So that label build up off of them. Ah, uh, okay. And and if I'm not mistaken, it was one of them who found Wu Tang and brought Wu Tang back to Lao. Oh wow, wow! I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah. Big Pun, you know, Big Pun was on Lyle Records. Uh, Mob D was on Lyle Records. Mm, okay. Hey, I didn't know that. And ain't the alcoholics, they from the Bay? Ain't they from? They from L.A. Are they? Yeah. Damn. I they sound like an East Coast group, though. Yeah, I thought I, I knew they was like, this don't sound like L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They sound like an East Coast group, but they, they from L.A. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. And I, I was, King T introduced me to him. King T. Yeah. Damn. King T, King T introduced me to him. That, see, that was, I grew up in, I was born in 80, right? Uh-huh. So probably like the 90s. When I really started listening to rap, and King T was one of them tapes, my mom was like, "Yeah, no, nah, you ain't you ain't playing that in yeah, my house." King, King T, my man. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yep, yep, yep. Damn, man. And here, I'm doing some music stuff too. Well, who, who you doing it with? Man, I'm gonna kill the music industry. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mess with James Fonderoy. That's my man. Who? James Fonderoy. Who is that? Fifteen hundred or nothing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know who James Fonderoy? He the guy that when when. Bruno Morris got all those awards. He had his arm around James, and he's like, "Shout out to 1500." See, I don't know. This is the thing. When I see 1500 or nothing, I always see a bunch of people. I'd be like, "Who is actually in the group?" Because I know it's one skinny dude and it's one kind of like like stocky dude. Yeah, James and and Royce is like the head dudes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so okay. I mess with them. I mess with uh, uh, Brian Kennedy is my man. Okay. You know, Brian Kennedy did Nelly's uh, Country Grammar. He's the first one to start putting country and rap together. Uh, Rihanna, Jennifer Hudson, uh, Rockstar is my guy, too. He wrote Fine China for uh, Chris Brown. I'm just waiting on the right artist to come around. And then, you know, now, now that I got the bread to, to, to do it independent, you know, I can do it the way I want to do it. Uh, I'm just waiting on the right artist. Might have to have a contest or something, you know, where, where uh, the right artists come around and I can... Can put all this heat behind them. What kind of? What kind of? Is there a certain genre you going for? Or I, you know, I don't care. I'm just doing it just for the sport. It's some Dallas artists, man. That's out here. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's some Dallas artists that's that's that that need a shot. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, Dallas is growing, man. For real, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's getting big. Yeah. So so you know I'm uh when you get a chance you got to read my 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 article in L A Magazine. And then I can find it online. Yes, yeah, online. Okay. 2013. Rick Ross is dreaming. Mm. The guy thought I was illusionous. You know, like he, he, the the way he wrote the article. The article is my obituary. You know, I did see that on there. Yeah, it's my obituary. Yeah. He said. He said. Uh, he said. I, I was writing his obituary. <laughs> That's how he started the article out. You know, and then he talked about where I grew up at and. You know, the head drove up the mountains where Razor Wire and Gun Towers meet, uh, Great Fields. And uh, uh, he did a great job. The article is, is super. Uh, I'm going to do an article in Forbes magazine, too. From Forbes? Yeah. Really? Yep, yep, yep. We're going to do a Forbes article on marijuana, you know. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, I'm just having fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Just do my thing. God damn. Your mind is dangerous, man. In a good way, though. Your mind is dangerous. Like, yeah. what's well, for the people, though? You know, yeah, I'm doing it for the people. Yeah, man, god damn. So you going on the, on the music side? You gonna have your own label? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do my own label. Okay, I'm do a label. Uh, you know, I just you know when you got the resources, you know, you just you know why not? You yeah, know? 
Uh, I'm also building a new website. You know, uh, um, it's gonna be where 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 artists can sell their merchandise. You know, uh, books and T-shirts and hats and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we named it Freeway Underground. You know, for all the underground people, where you you can't get you can't find their stuff, where you'll be able to come to my site and find everybody's stuff that that you can't find. You know, on the shelves. Yeah. Come, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come to my site, I have it. Yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to just trying to stay creative. Yeah. And and, and, and innovative. <laughs> That's it. It's fucking dope, man. <laughs> Like this shit is dope, man. Like the way your mind thinking, I understand now how you think a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't cloud it with a bunch of lot of outside distractions. You can't because yeah. that, that becomes you. Yeah. You know, whatever you do the most of, that's who that's who you are. Yeah. Man. God damn. Man, here's here's another thing I wanted to give you a little pushback on. Cause I see, I heard you say on um, on Vlad probably like a year ago, you was like black people are the most forgiving people in the world, and we so inviting and everything. And then and then I seen you on Vlad again. I'm like, what's up, Rick? Why are we why are we still going back to Vlad, man? <laughs> like why are we still going back to Vlad? I was like, I thought we was boycotting Vlad. Ain't nobody tell me. <laughs> You're not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't get the word out to you. <laughs> they got my phone number. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what happened with Vlad? Why they Why they boycotting Vlad? So from what I heard was, um, he's Minister Farrakhan says something um, at one of his speakings, and um, Vlad misquoted him saying he said something anti-Semitic, which he didn't say, and then everybody was like, "Yo, Vlad, can you apologize publicly?" to uh, Mr. Farrakhan and he was like nah I'm not gonna apologize that I'm not doing that but he just wrote like a little statement he put like a little statement out and it was like nah you said it publicly now could you apologize publicly he was just like nah fuck it I'm not I'm not doing that yeah I was just like man I didn't I didn't I mean I didn't know nothing about it I mean uh I'd heard people saying that oh man they boycotting uh, Vlad but nobody ever came and told me you know what was going on nor did they have to you know what i'm saying it's nobody's job to come and explain it to me what's going on, <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. you know uh but but i i, I use vlad mm. you know i use vlad to get messages out you know vlad has a big following you know vlad gets like 90 million views a month yeah so you know a lot of the young people that i want to reach watch vlad Right. You know, I've had literally I've literally had young brothers come up to me and say, man, thank you for what you said on Vlad. So so for me, it's not that I do Vlad to help Vlad. I do Vlad to help me reach uh, an audience that that I want to reach. Got you. OK, that so, makes it. So, yeah. so uh, um Understanding that there's a boycott. If if they if they if if they came to me and it was a valid boycott, I definitely would be with it. Okay. You know. Um, so I don't know the, the whole detail. This is the most yeah. anybody ever explained to me that that you did right now, and and I think I mentioned it to Vlad last time I did a show. That that uh, uh what was up with him and, and and Minister Farrakhan, and I'm not sure if he if he explained it to me or not. Yeah, um, I mean. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about, or for me personally, like I like the people he have on there. I want to hear what they got to say. You know what I mean? But 
I just I feel like it's more of a just exploit, you know, the street culture or the black people. I feel like it's more for him. That's what it is. Well, and yeah, so, he, he makes money off of it, but yeah. now now you here, so so yeah, yeah, so, that's what. I'm so, saying. so now you gonna step yeah. in that in that slot, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, but like I said, with me, when I go there, I go there because there's something I want to get. Like I went on Vlad. Vlad is the first person to let me speak about vitamin D. Really, Doctor Leslie Ray Matt. Yeah, you know I made an announcement on Vlad. Whew, had to be like January, February. I went on Vlad and told him about. You know, and tried to warn people about the, the 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 coronavirus. You know how to protect yourself, and and you know what what we should be looking out for. Because I had the privilege of talking to Doc, and most people ain't gonna get to talk to Doc. Mm. You know, Doc ain't gonna be talking to the whole world. Right. You know? uh, he's coming out a little more now, but when when I first started talking to him, he was you know he was a doctor. You know, he's a scientist, and yeah. and not not a public speaker. You know. So what he gave me, uh, I tried to give to other people, and Vlad allowed me to do that when when nobody else nobody else did. Mm, okay, so yeah, I get that. Yeah, okay. Well, man, we because you 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 fucking you royalty to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know I belong to y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We belong to each other. We stuck with each other. That's right, man. So, so, and, and and when I even when I was saying that that, I mean, if you look at our track records, man, we're the only people that a different race can come in our neighborhood and open up a store, a little mom and pop store. You know, if we go other places, man, they're gonna burn us out, boycott us. You know, but we allow people to come in our communities and, 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 and we accept them in, you know, like, like they us, you know. And and I think, I, I mean, nothing wrong with that, you know. We we shouldn't be, you know, racist or, 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 or anything like that. But and what I was saying is that we're the least of that. Yeah. You know, we're the least racist. <laughs> we're the most forgiving. Yeah, you yeah. You know, uh, um, because some of the things that was done to us, if it was done to other races, they would never let it die down. You know, even even with, you know, way Jews trout the Holocaust, you know. There's a Holocaust movie coming out every year, every other year, you know. But there's very few movies that even touch the surface on slavery, you know, what was done to blacks during slavery. And not only uh, 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 us being in captive, but, you know... I've read books where there was doctors that was doing surgery on black women without anesthesia, you know, uh, uh, who who are now doctors that are trouted in high regards, you know. I mean, even like right now where they was trying to keep the Confederate statues up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we still have black people, you know, riding behind Donald Trump, you know, supporting the people who was trying to keep these Confederate people who wanted to keep us into slavery so so that's what i meant by 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 we're the most forgiving you know we give our votes away you know we don't demand anything from our, our city officials or our leaders you know uh, uh um, most of the rappers only come to town to collect the check you know we call him the homie but he's never in the hood <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's kind of like what i what i was saying uh um uh, we can't keep allowing people just to come in and take our assets and and give us nothing in return. Yeah, absolutely agree, man. Absolutely agree. So, um, 
Are you accepting music from uh, artists right now or not yeah, yet? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will accept them. Where they where they send it at? Where they how do they get a hold of you to send their music to you? Uh, right now, I would say you could uh, probably hit me on Instagram right now, Fure Ricky. Uh, my website. I'm hoping this website be ready to launch in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Freeway Underground. Um, I'm gonna have a play a play uh, thing on there where we'll be able to play play music. Um, that'll be dope. That'll be the best place yeah. right now to 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 do it is on Instagram or the Facebook. Um, and and you know I ain't hard to reach out to man. So many people got my phone number. You know, tell them to call me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You got an uncle, brother, friend. Tell them that. Then Somebody. Yeah. Tell them, man, get this music to Rick, man. He, yeah, he, he's ready to do some music. Um, and and you know when I do the music, I'm gonna do it in a big way. Yeah, man. I got this dude that came on a podcast named Trouble two times from from Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I almost had a kid signed out of Dallas too, man. What was that kid name? Uh, Bozo. Bozo. Yeah, man. Yeah. I had the kid. I took him up uh, to Dre's studio. They was gonna. They they wanted to work with him, man. Uh, kid came back down here and robbed somebody, man. God he was, damn. He went back down here a week, and he had just got out of prison. And one of the things they were saying, man, is he gonna stay out of jail? And I was like, yeah, he gonna stay out of jail, man. The dude came down to Dallas and robbed somebody. Got like sixty years. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like the name. Yeah, trouble. He, he's hard. He's deep. Call me. Send, send me his music. Yeah, let I me, will. Let me listen to him. Yeah, I will, man. Yo, man. Um, Shit, Rick. You know, I got a boxer out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Austin. Oh, Kid Austin from Texas? 18 years old. Yeah, he's from Texas. He's from Austin. Oh, that's right. That's right. Kid Austin. Yeah. Kid Austin. Y'all got to look him up. Kid Austin. Now, Fear Charles. Go check both of them out. Uh, I'm predicting both of them going to be world titles at the same same time. They'll be fighting on the same card. Because, you know, one of the things that I tell them is that, that they have to be assets to each other. You know, they both have to promote each other because we're on the same team. Yeah. You know, uh, um, they won't be fighting because they're in di- different weight classes. So, um, you know, I want them to support each other. When in the next fight? When they fighting again? Uh, Kid Austin fight on Telemundo. The fifth, the fifth of next month, I think. Okay, I think the fifth of next month. Check out my page. I'm gonna have everything posted. You know, I can't remember nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you. One of my one of my things I hate is I can't remember people's names. Man, people tell me their name and they'd be like, "Oh, what was his yeah. name?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got I usually it. keep one of my assistants with me. That like, what, what was his name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. be having so much stuff running through my head and, and so many things that I want to do. And I know life is so short, you know, that we have to uh, we have to take advantage of this time that we have uh, uh, on the planet because, uh, you know, tomorrow ain't promised to us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and, and one last thing before you go. And one of my teachers told me that the graveyard is full of people with great ideas that never put them into effect. Goddamn right. Yeah, they said Graveyard is one of the richest places in the world. Shit. Yeah, get your ideas out, man. Strategize, put them on paper. And even if you don't have everything that you need to start, just start with what you got. Yeah. Start where you at. You know, don't wait until it's perfect because it will never be perfect. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. 
Man, Rick, I want you to come back in a year, and I want you to see. Whenever you want me back, man. See, see, see where we You'll at. bring my guys down. Austin, right down the street. You know okay, yeah, we'll for bring sure. bring in and bring that fear in. We all come in and, and, and just, you know, just do the thing. Yeah. We just come in and just, just chop it up, do some, do some, some sports talk, and uh, we talk to them about, you know, maybe what they learned from me, you know, during the time that they. Now, fear been working with me about nine, ten months, and uh, kid Austin only about a month and a half. But, okay, but you know, I, 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 what what I'm doing with them is is it's gonna be bigger than boxing. See, see, they, they everybody thought they thought when when I was signing them that I was signing them to fight, but I signed them so I can stop them from fighting. Mm. You know, I want to get them out the ring. Yeah, you know, I want them to have great big bank accounts and very little fights. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I don't like to see them get hit upside the head. Yeah, you know, man, not 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 my guys. But, uh, you know, that's my goal is to make them a lot of money with the least amount of pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the – and you said you gonna you want to sign a boxer to make him the richest man, <laughs> make him more money than Floyd. Absolutely. Yeah. I just felt that, that Floyd left a lot of money on the table, you know, even though he didn't need it. You know, you could have just – Gave it to charity, give right? It, give it to some black charity. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I'm don't don't give it to United Way. United yeah. Way didn't need it. Yeah, give it to the hood way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely, man. Yeah, give it to the hood way, man. And uh, you know that's what I want my guys. I I want those guys to to be charitable too. You know, not only uh, be great fighters, but be great people. You know, be like a Muhammad Ali. Yeah, you know, Muhammad Ali. The people love him. You know, he'd be running down the street in the whole neighborhood, running behind him, you know, everybody <laughs> exercising. And uh, that's the way I want my guys to be. I want them to be the people's champ. Yeah, that's dope, man. Dang, that's dope. Let me make sure I, I'm gonna make sure I got all my goddamn questions. Yeah, that's bullshit. Uh, you got it all? Yeah. <laughs> make sure we get it all yeah, in, man. man. You, you got me. Yeah. You got me today. You I know. Get it all in. Yeah. But you know we we gonna be doing this so so you know we together now and and you know most of the people that I hook up with you know I I I, I hardly ever lose friends you mm. know um, and very few that I can't call if I need them you know yeah yeah so uh, do you know who um do you know who Albert Talton is I don't you don't okay not right offhand I might you know I got fourteen thousand numbers in my phone damn. <laughs> Damn. So you know, uh, I feel about two, three hundred phone calls every day. Oh, okay. Opportunities, baby. Opportunities. Yeah, yeah. The more phone calls you get, the more opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> Albert Tarman was a dude in L.A. I don't know if you was. You probably was probably locked up then, or maybe you wasn't. It's probably like 2010, maybe 12. Um, I was out in 10 and 12. Okay, well, he remember that big counterfeit that was going around in L.A. back then? It was like a bunch of money, a bunch of counterfeit money. I was broke then. I ain't had no counterfeit money. I probably <laughs> 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 counterfeit money, boy. I would have probably been holding on to something. Yeah. Like that. I was so broke back in in oh nine, oh nine, and oh ten. Yeah, man, I was broke as a joke. Dang, but yeah, he was the. Um, I think he was like one of L.A.'s biggest counterfeiters in L.A. County. Period. Like he put the most. I think they said he did like a hundred million dollars in counterfeit money or something like that. What? Yeah, on the streets of L.A. Wow. And I was like, man, I would love to talk to him. Like they said that this dude is a freaking genius. Is he out? I, yeah, I think the last thing I, I I seen online that he was out and he was working at like a body shop in L.A., like in Inglewood or somewhere. What? Yeah, and they was like he's 
he they was like his friend because he was, I seen him on American Greed where they were saying that give me his name I'll find him okay I'll find him for you yeah they were saying he was so smart that he could take apart a bowl speaker look how it's it's set put together close it up go go to Radio Shack or whatever yeah, you're gonna make me go find him for me yeah, <laughs> yeah let me be quiet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he can do that yeah hey, I, I need a guy like that around me yeah Albert Talton and he working at a body shop that's that's what I heard man I got a body shop too so yeah we're gonna give him a raise <laughs> hey we're gonna give him a raise <laughs> Yeah, man. But if you find, I just want to talk to him, man. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, remind me, and and uh, 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 we'll we'll get on it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit some of this out though, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want people to be like, I'm gonna look for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how. But yeah, man. But that's how you get them, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, you'll be surprised when people see your 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 videos and stuff that they'll respond to it. Yeah. I mean, I've had people call me from. They saw me on Vlad, and I said something about them, and they contacted me. Bam. Really? Yes. Man. Yes. Okay. Uh, the power of this of this this podcast you're doing here, mm-hmm. this thing is powerful. You know, I'm talking about. I, I've seen. I, you know, I did. A, I did Alex Jones's podcast. That nigga's a nut. A nut. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't as crazy when I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. And then maybe we was on the same, we was arguing the same thing, the government selling cocaine. So. Yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, Alex Alex is going out there. But, you know, he started in his, in his attic. Really? Yeah. And he's bigger than CNN online. Yeah, I know he's I know he's huge. Ginormous. Yeah. yeah. I went on his show, man. I saw like 3,000 T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IRS might be listening, too. But yeah, yeah, his podcast is, is is powerful, 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 powerful. You know, it's just you know, hopefully he uses it for uh, for, for good. the good of the people, right? Yeah, know, and not you know for 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 individuals. Yeah, but man. yeah, you 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 know you, what you starting right here, man. You don't know where this thing could go. I mean, it's really gonna be on you. How far you you willing to take it? Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, I just say, man, just. Stay focused, work hard, you know what I'm saying, and uh, uh, keep doing your thing. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Yo, man, thank you again, Rick. This has been this has been dope, man. Thank you for lacing us, man. Thank for you, real. For, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, I feel most I definitely. feel privileged to be here, you know. And and make sure you read that article, though. So I will. Next time we do it, you we can talk a little bit about my obituary. You know, I'm one of the few people that get to read their obituary. That's crazy. I got to read mine, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yo, man, thank y'all for tuning in, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast, man. Holla, Tap In.